Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to the Extracts show with me, Abu Bakr Sanusi. And I'm supposed to be joined by my good colleague, Sani Magaji. Unfortunately, he had other obligations and couldn't be here with us today. But today I'm joined by a special guest, a good friend of mine, a fellow journalist and an ardent, <laughs> an ardent Nigerian. I'm joined by Malam Aliu Usman. Assalamu alaikum, Malam Aliu. Walaikum Um Thank you for bringing me to this platform and uh, I'm very happy to be here. It's my debut and so uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, we are all excited. I'm sure our listeners are excited as well. So we're going very quickly. We're, as you know, with the Extract Podcast, we do cover weekly events where we unwind and analyze the weekly news events and also in national and also international so to begin with uh we will give you the details of buhari's meeting with the nigerian governors uh you know and the decision that they've reached so on tuesday president muhammadu buhari sat with state governors and they discussed insecurity in Nigeria. So the three-hour meeting coordinated by the president himself and attended by the vice president, Yemiya Simbanjo, heads of defense, security, and intelligence agencies and members of the security committee for of the Nigerian governor's forum, uh, represented by one governor from each of the six geopolitical zones, focused on the country's insecurity policies and approaches in, attack, in tackling the internal security challenges with a charge that intelligence gathering and sharing must be optimized for the nation to secure itself. The president also used the opportunity to dispel commonly held assumptions that the terrorists in the Northeast had more weapons, more financial backing than the government itself, stressing that there is, there is, uh, that is what is left with them, that is the terrorists, are uh, just mere savages the president, I'm quoting him here, mere savages desperate for food, hiding, raiding shops and markets and killing innocent lives. He also expressed com common concerns that in spite of the fact that the borders of with neighboring Nigeria, Nigeria and the neighboring countries are closed, bandits and terrorists continue to have access to small weapons. Malali, we've heard this before, haven't we? Yeah, of course we have. Um and for me, what is new is the fact that uh, the president is sitting with the governors and having this discussion. Mm. Uh, when you look at all that has happened, you would say that uh, this is long overdue. Mm. Uh, and I think that is the way to go. Some of the issues that the president has addressed, for example, uh, what is left of the insurgency or the insecurity in the Northeast, I think it's neither here nor there. What Nigerians want is to see that the place is, the situation is under control and uh, the Northeast is safe and people are back at their homes. Yes, we know that in these kinds of uh, warfare, uh, insurgency, and we have seen it, uh, whether you talk about in Afghanistan or in Iraq, we have seen that um, soft, soft spots become the target when you have reached this stage. And uh, it is part of what has been happening attacks on market, attacks on civilian populations, ambushes, and all of that. It is all part of it. But those are the very things that we want to see end. Of course. I yeah. mean, we, in 2015, Nigerians voted, good luck, Jonathan. 
out of office because of the same issue of terrorism, mm. of insurgency. Mm. But yet Buhari, the man that people expected to come and let's say not totally put a stop to it, mm. but but stop it significantly. Mm. Has he failed uh, the, his his promises to Nigerians? Well, uh, I do I do not think if if one wants to be fair and dispassionate about this issue, uh, there's no straight answer uh, for that question. And the very fact that there is no straight answer uh, points to the intractable nature of what is going on there. Uh, because, for instance, uh, when you ask the administration themselves, they will tell you that uh, they have gained control of territories that were hitherto, you know, uh, under the command of the insurgents as of 2015, and that uh, in those territories they hoisted their flags and all of that, and they will tell you that uh, they have reduced incidences of attack uh, to uh, secluded small swaths of L- land across like fringes the fringes yeah yeah the fringes. exactly that's what the government like to tout about its its achievement uh, with regards to what's happening in the northeast but the very fact that we still hear news that the military has been ambushed and uh, there's still heavy casualty and in some instances heavy fighting and, and even states, even officials, state yes, even officials being attacked. Like you said, now, now the Borno State Governor yeah, was also attacked. Yeah, exactly. That was so brazen. I mean, we are talking that that's a typical war situation. There is nowhere in the world where you can put that forward as a favorable score on security. It mm. doesn't fly anywhere. I mean, that it's like what you expect to see in in places like Somalia, or even in Afghanistan, or. Other war war-torn countries, yeah. Exactly. That's that's what happened, and that's to a sitting governor. How much more of the ordinary people? But then again, you you do you then have to look at what the narrative is because whenever security is involved, there are two factors. Mm. The people who are in government will tell you they have done so well, and the people, politicians, I mean, who are outside of government would tell you. It's been woeful. And so it depends what we get mm. from independent journalism, independent verifications, and all of that. Otherwise, the narrative itself may just be twisted, which is why, for example, in one of the things the president said when he met the governors, mm. that it's not true that the insurgents have more weapons and all of that. I am inclined to agree because we are talking about non-state actors here yeah. versus a state. state. And that state is Nigeria. West Africa's biggest country, not by just economy, including militarily. But the reason why I have said there's either no straight answer again, you have to look the situation surrounding Nigeria, whether you are looking at Niger, mm. you are looking at uh, uh, Mali within the West African region, and the entire Gulf of Guinea, really, when you look at the whole of that place and what's been happening. And then you look at Libya, you look at Sudan, all of those things conflict around that area and not too long ago in Mauritania, in Chad, all of those light arms and weapons, all of those things are the key things that all of these things are, uh, that fuel all of these, uh, that provide ammunition for these kinds of conflict. And Nigeria has more or less been surrounded by all of that, including in the Cameroons, where the Anglophone population of that country are uh, also up in arms up against, in arms the, against the arms, yeah. all of it contribute to 
the situation that we have in the country one way or the other because look uh like we said it's a global village mm. whatever happens in state a directly or indirectly affects state, state b. b and that is the situation we are in so do you close borders when you close borders you are trying to exist in isolation but let's even assume that closing borders would help nigeria has porous borders so what are you closing mm. you're only just closing the official crossing points there are other places that are not official crossing points but where you don't have uh, the immigrations or the customs or other forms of uh, uh, official presence yeah but nigeria does have about 200 crossing points yeah, on its borders 200 official mm. there there's over 5000 unofficial crossing points into nigeria <laughs> yes amazing yeah exactly and so that is the magnitude of the challenge and you could see for instance that even when officially the borders were closed and the customs were doing so much mm. you know in enforcing and getting all of all of uh, whatever in place you could still see that there were certain routes and because of the challenge of manpower where we cannot be everywhere certain people were going through the back door yes exactly even though it was limited but it was still happening Mm. it's part of this challenge so you now cascade this down to our security situation and uh our database you know and uh the way people move in and out all of it contribute to the security architecture and part so, of the challenge so the president informed the governors of the immediate shipment of military weapons and aircrafts from Jordan China and the United States but again asked for the patience on the part of the public because the new weapons and aircrafts must be manned by trained fighters and pilots who must first receive appropriate training and when will that be we don't know and with the case of insecurity on sunday uh many f- were feared dead as bandits attacked kurfi in katsana you see they invaded the town of kurfi kurfi lo- uh, local government area northwest of nigeria So residents said that the bandits attacked the town when the residents were preparing to pray Isha that was around 8 p.m. Mm. According to them the bandits began shooting and forced them into some household and shops where they killed and carried people away as well as their belongings. Katsina state with which borders Niger Republic has suffered a series of attacks from bandits and other terrorist groups operating in the area. And they have the the president is from kasana mm. what does that really say about his commitment to security because some critics say that his own home state is being attacked why isn't he doing anything and even if he doesn't do anything to for to save kasana what makes you think that he would save the rest of nigeria uh, yeah indeed um and that's why uh, this is the part where you have to consider uh, part of what i said initially about the politics that comes to play the president may be from katsana but the entire nigeria is his constituency mm. not katsana his state or daura where he comes from mm. and so it doesn't make him less committed to the cause if his home state is under attack like zamfara is like mm. parts of niger states are like any other place in the country is mm because the entire country is his constituency but it is also not an excuse uh 
it, it further buttresses the very fact of the point that I made about being neither here nor there, even if we have territories back in the northeast, certain parts of the country have become new theaters for violence. They have. Which, yeah, they have. which should not be allowed to be. The people in Kurufi who were attacked uh, have been left vulnerable for some time. Uh, we have seen similar attacks in places like Sokoto. We have seen in Samfara. We have also seen in other parts of the country, including in Niger State uh, and even in Kaduna State. Kaduna State, yes. yeah. So all of these places have become uh, hotspots for this kind of violence. But it goes to say one thing. For a long time in this country, we've been talking about sitting on a time bomb. I think... The, those bombs are what are beginning to tick off. That's one what, by one. Yeah, exactly. That's what we've been saying. And we have to properly articulate this and then try to deconstruct what the problem is rather than just throw banters and uh, politicize the whole of the situation. Because for a long time, security in this country was neither here nor there, you know. Mm -hmm. And again... Uh, it's what uh, the Schumpeterian law in economics where he talks about uh, uh, creative destruction. And so when you look at the traditional ways of crime, a lot has changed. And so criminals have also metamorphosed into new ways you know, yeah. of perpetuating their crime. So we have to look at the technology of it. We have to look at the evolution of it as well. Mm. Instead of sitting and throwing traditional criticisms and uh, banters that are just mere politics rather than substance. All right, then. So we'll be going on a break right now. So when we come back, um, Nigerian Customs seized $890,000 from two Lebanese citizens trying to smuggle it out of Nigeria. And also, Nigeria wants the Nigerians want cancellation of African artifacts from auctions in Paris. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.